Marketing Podcast is kindly sponsored by Nixon Kicks, the low-calorie, no-added-sugar, vegan-friendly drink with a zing. At Target, we always have a fully-stocked fridge of Nixon Kicks as a healthy and tasty refreshment for the team. Try it yourself today in a co-op or waitrose near you, or you can buy it online at nixonkicks.com. So, Rich, thanks for joining us on the Performance Marketing Podcast. Um, so, Richard, for those that don't know, is the CEO of Search Machines. And, Rich, I'm going to do my best here to remember your uh, esteemed career and try and list <laughs> off a few things here. But um, engineering grad from the University that's, of Cambridge. That's right, yeah. Um, search marketing manager at Booking.com, consultant for many blue chip brands. And, obviously, more recently, you're, you found yourself solving lots of complex search marketing um, problems with search, search machines. So, um, could you add a little bit of meat to the bones and tell us a bit more about your journey and what it is um, you do at Search Machines? Yeah, sure. So it started in uh, in like 2005. I was working for a small startup in in Cambridge uh, called Active Hotels. Uh, they acquired a, a very small company at the time called Booking.com, <laughs> and uh, they uh, had hit on this idea of PPC marketing to grow their business. Uh, and very very soon um, after that, they outgrew Active Hotels, and then as we now know the uh, sort of premium top uh, hotel company uh, in the world and has really shown the world how um, search marketing can be done to grow and optimize businesses. And so I took that learning um, from, from then, of course, the whole the, the, the market, the space was very immature, very young. Um, and then I became a consultant in that space, working for lots of, yeah, lots of companies, um, a lot of them spending over $100 million a year. So this is a, a big, big market, big spend. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, got to travel uh, travel the world through it as well. Uh, spent some time in Bangkok with a company called Agoda, wow. um, which is like a sister company to Booking.com, and worked for other companies like Just Eat um, as well. So some really interesting experiences working for some really varied uh, advertisers and a great place to learn and sort of, um, yeah, uh, get good at this craft. Amazing, amazing. So I guess today, obviously, we're going to try and focus really on, on search marketing, um, a very, very broad category. So we'll try and keep it concise. But I guess the first thing I'm really interested to know is how paid search in particular has evolved yeah. over your career. And yeah. I guess, you know, to cram all the different changes and, you know, new yeah. functionality that's been added into, yeah. you know, 10, 15 years is going to be difficult. Yeah. But perhaps we could focus on the significant changes in the last five years. Um, I know yeah. AI in particular has yeah. been, um, the introduction of AI has taken a lot of control away from, from marketers yeah. and a lot, put a lot of trust in Google. Um, so it'd be great to sort of touch on how you think search has evolved, particularly yeah. in the last five years. Well, so there are some things that have stayed exactly the same. Users are still needing to find stuff and they're still using search to do that. Um, so from the earliest days of the internet with Alta Vista and, and these sort of things, search has always been there and search continues to be there. Um, we're now, um, you know, uh, maybe using our voice when before it was, it was, um, you know, keyboards. Um, those things are evolving, but the actual nature of search has largely, you know, that, that need, that human need mm -hmm. to search and find things has stayed the same. In terms of the big trends, I think it, it's largely the, the big technology change that we've seen over this time. So when we started, it was a desktop activity and that was it. And then mobile came in. Um, and then the focus was mobile first, and it was all about mobile. And then now, more recently, AI has come in, and we're starting to talk about AI first, um, and that being the starting point to how we do do anything and, and give users the best experience that we, that we can. That's it. I, I had a, um, a really interesting um, analogy, I think I said to you earlier, about PPC. It used to be like driving a race car, where we had to, yeah. as marketers, make very, very quick decisions about bidding and you know, even weather and, and, th and keywords and things like that. Um, but with the introduction of AI, it's kind of changed to almost like riding a rocket ship where it's driven by a machine because it can make yeah. better decisions. Um, but it kind of changes the role of the agency now because it's no longer about pushing the buttons and building the campaigns um, to an extent and more yeah. about the peripherals. So 
conversion rate optimization, copy, creative, landing page experience. Um, how do you see the role of the agency changing with the advent of AI and machine learning? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the change is profound. Um, certainly when, in the early days when I was uh, you know, analyzing search performance, I could look at a report and I could find really interesting insights in terms of what was going on. Um, and that would often be my way into to new clients was to take a look at their account, understand what was happening and point out opportunities and, and things. And the data would be very easy to analyze because um, it was very, what was happening in the background was quite simple. Uh, with the advent of AI, there are so many moving parts that it almost becomes impossible for a person to, to look at the data, certainly the data that's presented to you, and be able to make firm conclusions. And in the early days, you used to bit, when you bid up, you would see more impressions, higher positions, a higher click-through rate. Now it's possible to bid up um, and actually to see your average position drop um, or even your average CPCs drop. Um, and it's very much harder to interpret. It's not that the wrong things are happening, it's just that the complexity is so vast um, that it becomes very difficult to interpret. And machines are good, I and mean, this is what AI is very good at, is solving these kind of problems. But yes, it does change, change the role um, of the agency into how do you manage and control and check that these, uh, these different moving parts are actually performing as you, as you want to do. Um, when, particularly when on the surface you can look at a report and think things are a disaster um, or very surprising um, changes are happening. And I, think, I think that's it, isn't it? When I, if, if I look at the last sort of five years and how AI has changed it in, from our side as an agency, yeah. we had you know, shopping initially and that's now changed to smart shopping where you know, Google's taken a little bit of control away from us, but it's worked out very well for e-commerce brands. And now with Performance Max on top of that is another sort of placement where we're using yeah. all of Google's inventory. So there seems to be... Um, AI seems to evolve search yes. marketing every few years. Um, do you see there being any changes in, in the future on top, you know, after Performance Max in the next two, three, four years? Um, and can you see AI further accelerating paid search? So I think we, we can see the benefits of AI through the way that conversion rates have improved over time. So you know, our clients, companies are trying to improve their offering all the time. They're trying to optimize conversion rates. And if you look back over clients that have done this for you know, 10 or 15 years, you'll see a steady improvement in their conversion rates. Some of that will come about through optimization of their offering. Um, but actually, I believe a lot of that benefit has come about through the way that AI has improved. And particularly, and this is what Google, I think, are, are amazing at, is that they um, can more easily find those users that are actually going to convert. And if you use their smart bidding, for example, they're very good at blocking traffic or not showing ads to people that, mm. uh, that aren't going to convert. And this has led to increasing CPCs because conversion rate has improved and ultimately better experiences because Google is showing ads to people that, uh, that want to see them and will engage with them well and stop showing them to people that, that, that don't. But it makes a very uh, uneasy feeling for advertisers to control, control this situation because it does feel like those controls are going away. That's, that's not to say that things are getting simpler, and I think that's the, the big challenge that, that, that agencies and advertisers have, is that it's not, AI hasn't brought the, made things simpler, it's made things harder to understand and more complex. And we're in a phase at the moment of extreme, like performance marketing is extremely diverse and extremely complex, and it's very difficult. And as someone that's in this um, full time, there are still these holes where you realize, wow, something has changed here, and I, and I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> You know, I'm not an expert in this anymore because the, the, world, the world has changed in this area. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that is a, a real challenge. I think Google are trying to reduce that complexity and Performance Max is one of their approaches to do that. But whenever you introduce a new thing, unless you take away other things, you've, all you've done is made it more complex. And one of the challenges are is that as Google takes away control and as they remove, as the data they give you is harder and harder to correlate to 
to performance and to really understand what's going on, that it, it leaves us, you know, you know, managing managing accounts in a very uneasy situation because we 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 feel like we're losing control and we're being asked to trust Google uh, at every at every step. And, and to your earlier question about what can agencies do, I think restoring that trust between the advertiser and um, and then Google is a really important part of the job that we have to do. I think so. It's a, it's a lot of it's going to be about, I guess, the analytics side of things, data helping, you know, the strategy helping the brands interpret what's actually going on and make right. better decisions moving forward through forecasting and things like that. Um, but you also touched on something I was really interested in there about the complexity of campaigns, um, which kind of cascades us quite nicely into search machine, machine yeah. machines at your business. Um, so I've had a quick look at the site and you know tried my very best to understand it, but it's a very complex beast you have yeah. there. Um, from what I understand, obviously you're there to make the lives of bigger brands with bigger blood budgets and big search challenges much more simple. Um, could you touch on sort of how search machines works and what the the tool Atlas sure. does? Yeah. So just you know, having spent sort of 15 years consulting, often working with large marketing teams and technology teams, implementing technology, you know. The, the, the technology we can bring to bear to the search problem has, has kept evolving over time uh, and improving. And yeah, so it was about three years ago I teamed up with um, my business partner, Shlomi Beer. He's um, a PhD in AI. Wow. He's based um, out in Israel and we've got um, a lot of our tech team is based out there as well. Um, and we're really by trying to take you know, my experiences with, in consulting in this area with his experiences of AI um, to, bring, to build a platform, which we've, we've called Atlas, um, to be able to solve some of these problems and really help um, clients and, and, and scale um, useful technology to, to businesses in this space. So there's a few things that we're trying to do. Some of them touch on those areas of, of control and trust where um, we, we build products that kind of monitor the performance on Google and adjust the performance um, so, that there can, so that targets can be more clearly um, attained um, and give visibility to you know, the, the trends in that space, what people are searching for, um, how that's changing over time and how the client can adjust their product to, to adjust to that. Um, so those are the kind of the sort of general themes about the product. There are two things that sort of set the product out um, from some others in our space, uh, and that's worth sort of touching on. So one is that we want to be demand driven. So often when we think of marketing for, for clients, we will take what they offer. And in reality, what we're doing is we sort of throw it all at Google and we say, Google, can you, you know, sort it all out, show it to the right people and, uh, and, and, you know, and, and, hope, and hope for the best. So the whole methodology that we have with Atlas is turns out the other way around. So we start with asking the question, what are consumers looking for in this space? So we start with users, we start with what they're searching for. And our first task is to find the full set of searches that they're looking for in a particular, in a particular market space. Um, and once we have that, and we have various crawlers and processes that are able to find that data, um, we then apply um, a, what we call the semantic parser, which is a piece of AI technology which interprets the meaning of each and every one of those search queries in the space. And then once we have this picture of the market, we can then match that to what the client actually offers. Um, and it offers, some really, it offers some really good sort of side benefits as well. So they can see like what products that they're, that they're missing. So maybe we have a, uh, you know, like a luxury hotel um, company. We can find them locations, say in the UK or across Europe, where people are searching, but they don't have supply. Um, or, or things that people are searching for that they're not providing content about. So we, we've worked with the restaurant companies where people, particularly upper market restaurants, people are searching for dress code information about these kind of top restaurants. And by, by looking at the consumer first, by being demand driven, we can find that data, um, surface it to the, um, to the client, and then we can 
we can make better ads that you know that talk about dress codes um, and they can actually provide better landing pages to talk about that as well um, and you can see massive uplift in performance when you give that visibility and then you you optimize against it oh, that's incredibly exciting the i'd be really interested to know um, with the the tool itself is there a, a use case you can you could give us an example of um so i'd be really interested to know how in in real life search machines has helped take a brand that was previously you know, heavy, heavily reliant on Google, and then how it sort of transformed its results and, and which metrics it's improved, whether that's sort of a CPA or is it across the board on all metrics? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, there's lots of use cases. We're very, we're very blessed. Every, every, we haven't yet lost a client um, wow. that's been with us, yeah. you, know, through, you know, through the trial phase with us. Um, uh, some of them have been with us for a number of years from, from almost like uh, pre-search pre machines uh, times. Uh, so one of them, we so in, in the hotel space, we have a client where we grew um, their their sales about tenfold uh, within a period of about eighteen months. Uh, search marketing for them, they felt the pressure from Google, from booking, sorry, um, and they felt that search was not a space they could operate in anymore. It's too competitive, um, and then we've turned that round from being a sort of dying channel for them to being actually their their premium, their main channel for for growth. Um, so that's that's one way, a sort of a long term relationship that we've had. Another one. Um, in, is in sort of does online invitations and cards. Um, they're uh, yeah, so they they you know a small brand that's growing very uh, you know has, has done very well. Um, but they they've they're a company that we've grown I think uh, over three times since you know wow. we've worked with them just like four or five months now. Yeah. But this approach of of looking at what people are searching for and then lining everything up to the user um, can bring these can bring these kind of results. And even in the world of AI and Google trying to optimize as much as possible, there are still all these areas where, where things can be improved and, and the performance can come through when you when you do them. That's amazing. It's the it's there's one thing you said just previously that I can't stop thinking about now is the semantic parser, the, yeah. the, the tool that's um, helping to break down and understand intent. Yeah. Um, could you explain just a little bit more about how that works um, and how that's different to what, how Google operates and, and, and sort of how you're achieving those results? Yeah, so one of the trends that's happening, it's happening with us in terms of how we're prioritizing our tech development, but also, I mean, Google are doing exactly the same, is this idea of moving from keywords to intent. Sure. So rather than thinking about keywords as just a, a piece of text almost without any context or meaning, um, to moving to actually understand what do users really want, what do they desire, what do they need. Um, and that's what the semantic parser is, is trying to do. It's trying to review text and understand meaning and structure that meaning. So text is, is unstructured as it comes. It's just a, some characters. Um, what we're trying to do with the semantic parser is, is find the meaning uh, behind that. So that meaning comes in a number of dimensions. So you have a, a common one is a sort of geographic meaning. So people search for New York. New York is, is a city inside a state, inside a country. Sure. Um, uh, there can be confusion around different places. Uh, Wellington Hotel is a famous example where if someone's searching for that, do they mean Wellington, you know, um, New Zealand sure. um, hotels or are they looking for the Wellington Hotel, which is a very large one in, in New York? Um, so uh, in intent follows these different dimensions. And as you are able to review each of these search terms, you can then gather, you can aggregate this together and, and find really meaningful insights by, um, uh, by, by, as you aggregate that data together. Amazing. I think we could, we could probably spend hours here talking about the different nuances yeah. within the platform, but there's a couple of other things I'd really love to know more about. Yeah. Um, one is the, the micro bid adjustments. So um, there's a few things I saw on the website that really right. intrigued me. Um, what other sort of functionalities of it does it have, yeah. such as micro bid adjustments, um, to help drive performance? Yeah, so what's being demand-driven is a really key theme within the platform. Being supply-integrated is, is the sort of the other side of the platform. So we want to integrate with our clients 
uh, consume their supply side data and make that useful in, in the search problem. So some of that is, to, is by putting offers and things into the ads um, or, or unique content they have to make the ads more interesting and engaging. Um, the other one is being able to consume that data for the sake of bidding. And one of the big opportunities that we have is to find data that Google doesn't have access to and optimize to that, to that data and layer that data in. So about so three, three years ago when we started, we had a, a CPC bidder um, that we could beat Google, we think about 10 to 15% at the time wow. versus Target CPA at the yeah, time, yeah, sure. um, which was great. And, and we, we got a lot of value for that. But as Target CPA has evolved as a product, we then found it harder and harder to beat Target CPA. And so now a whole methodology has changed. We now use Target CPA or Target ROAS. Um, but what we do is we adjust the targets on a very micro level. So rather than having one goal that we set Google across multiple campaigns, say in a portfolio strategy, um, we'll set ad group level targets. And these targets we will change you know, maybe multiple times per day, depending on signals that we can see um, that Google is not, is not optimizing to. So, um, so some of the, sometimes that can be time of day. So what some clients have a very strong time of day performance. Um, and Google does optimize by time of day. We can see that in the way that they change the bids across each hour. Um, but they're quite conservative. And so that means that when they should be bidding low, they do bid lower, but not as low as they should. And when they, when they should be bidding higher, they do bid higher, but not as high as they should. So what we will do is that on, a, on an ad group by ad group basis, we will look at the performance um, and through uh, some re reinforcement learning technology, we will then um, basically raise and lower targets so that Google is operating on where, where it should be across these different, different dimensions. Right. Um, and if we can consume supply data to do that, then of course um, we're able to consume that data as well. So some clients operate in very price competitive uh, markets, so we can consume price competitive um, data. So we can understand whether our client for this particular, let's say it's a flight going from New York to London, whether they've got the cheapest flight out there or, um, or it's only equal to the, to the best or actually it's underperforming what, what can be done. And then we can vary the bids based on that information. Um, and it's information that Google is not, is not able to see or, or optimizing to. So th those, are the, those are the ways that we can find the opportunities to win. Amazing. It's, it's a very sophisticated tool, um, which sort of leads me to my, my next question. Is, it, is, the, is the tool Atlas, is it more geared up towards data-rich companies or industries um, and those that are operating with big budgets? Because um, it sounds as though it has the, you know, the yeah. power to be able to yeah. you know, work with lots of different data points. And yeah. so is that, is that what it's geared up towards? Um, yeah, so it's an enterprise level product. I mean, typically um, we, we, work, we work with clients that spend over a million dollars per year. So it tends to be um, yeah, larger, larger scale companies that we work with. Um, overall, there's about $150 million of spend going through the platform each year across, across our clients. Um, and so in terms of the service we offer, it, it's kind of at different levels. So the very big spenders, those spending 10 million plus, uh, will tend to use it on, as a SaaS um, where they'll operate it all themselves, we'll provide all the training and support. Um, smaller clients, um, we can tend to uh, work as an agency, so we will use the technology on their behalf. Um, and uh, and yeah, and so they don't they'll they'll, they'll understand that the basics, but they won't they won't be kind of particularly trained or use it or use it themselves. Um, and then yeah, we're also exploring opportunities to work with agencies where we can provide the technology into them, and that can be a route by which we can sort of target maybe the smaller the smaller clients. Um, 
that way by, by engaging agency. It's, um, it's been such an insightful chat. And um, the last thing I'd just like to, just to get out there is how can, if people want to get in touch with you or search yeah. machines, where can they yeah. find you? Is there, is there a website? Are you on LinkedIn? Absolutely, we're on LinkedIn. Uh, you can come to our website, search-machines.com. Um, you can go and book a demo if you want to, to go and see the product um, there. Uh, you can reach out to me, Richard, at searchmachines.com. Um, so yeah, do, do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, we're excited about engaging with, our, you know, with, with this industry and, and trying to like, join this journey together as we figure out how to, how to do search marketing as the world around us changes so much. Amazing. Rich, thanks so much for your time. It's been a pleasure.